0: welcome back to the gerald field report all our buddies the only hey arnold recap podcast that asks the question if a man doesn't have his hat upon his head how much of a hat can he really be this is thematically of course a crossover with our courage the cowardly dog podcast but you can uh find out about eustace and his opinions over there for my part it is me old cw hills who do i have here joining me
1: uh, Anthony Moore, and the name of our Courageous Cowardly Dog podcast is Tales from the Middle of Nowhere.
0: Nice. I was going to go with Cat's Motel, but that I think that might uh, that might be it. We'll, we'll have Cat's Motel be like a corner. <laughs> but when I first started listening to Welcome to Night Vale at your recommendation many years ago, yeah. now um, I couldn't figure out. Why the intro music unsettled me so much. Yeah. I mean, aside the fact that it's supposed to be unsettling, obviously. But then I remembered it's very similar to the music that plays in all the cats' episodes of, of Courage the Cowardly Dog. It makes sense. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm terrified. <laughs> okay, so this episode we watched um, season one, episode three of Hey Arnold, which has Arnold's hat and Stoop Kid. So you can go back and watch those if you like, then come back and hear us talk about them. This is one you're gonna wanna watch beforehand, folks, because, whoa, doctor, uh, does some shit get real? We'll give you, we'll give you a couple minutes to, to watch it. Yeah. Go ahead. That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, that was fantastic. I'm so
1: glad you spent the time and didn't just skip over this part to actually watch the
0: episodes. Yes so arnold's hat uh which is it's really easy to not pay attention to because you know character design especially from this time and place the 90s you know you just had what your characters wore every episode and it's really easy to not pay attention to any particular aspect of that character design Right. but uh we learned some frankly heartbreaking truths here well so go ahead
1: well well, just to talk about the character uh, design, one of the first things I wrote when watching this episode is, "I also had exists beyond a prop of a character's costume." Like, like before, you could watch, you know, Rugrats, uh, Doug, like any of these other Nicktoons. All of the characters wear the same thing every single day, and it's never ever fucking addressed on the show. Doug wears right. the same outfit every day. He opens his closet. He has the same outfit in his closet every day. It's it's no big deal. Um, like like this is the first time that a character really addresses an aspect of a character's outfit beyond just the standard thing and it's actually right. something that happens a lot in this show like like one of the things people always talk about is Arnold wearing a skirt is Arnold wearing a shirt what the fuck is that that red thing uh surrounding his pants
0: the the kind of grunge Seattle thing he's doing i remember later there's an episode about Sid in his beetle boots so we open up with, uh, I know I was waiting for it, the Return of the Dream Sequence intro, which is pretty yeah. good. It has Arnold flying a kite, and then his alarm goes off. It turns out it's his alarm clock. I had completely forgotten about this. His alarm clock is just a little model of him that says, hey, Arnold, over and over Powered again. Powered by potatoes. And that sounds like a nightmare to me. Powered by potatoes. So did he build this? I don't know. Arnold... Arnold is consistently portrayed as, like, a kind of scientist, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, he's like, the kind of yeah. kid who not necessarily does well in science, but, like, he's always, like, tinkering and building stuff yeah. and experimenting. But he's, he's also a nine-year-old, so
1: he's not very good at it. He's not. I he's not. see Eugene's bike as as a primary example of, yeah. of that.
0: So we get a glimpse of Arnold's morning routine, uh, and the point of this is to emphasize that he wears this hat literally 24-7. He sleeps with his hat on, he showers with his hat on, then blow-dries it afterwards. He even refuses to take it off for his grandmother when he sits down at the table. His grandmother with whom, need I remind you, he busted a turtle out of turtle jail in the previous episode. And that is a bond that demands a certain amount of respect. So if he's refusing to take his hat off in her presence, then you got to understand this is serious business. So all of this to inform this thing that this is not a coincidental piece of costumery this is not set dressing uh this is important to him it is his sigil it is his icon uh we cut to gerald and arnold in the park and this is another great example of of a thing you just said that arnold is super smart and he's super competent
1: oh my god i I, you're gonna
0: say the same thing
1: but go on like
0: yes they're they're talking about why their kite won't fly Uh uh-huh and uh (laughs) arnold says gerald i think the problem with this kite is the aerodynamics uh-huh. Maybe, if I add more knots to the tail. yeah,
1: you know what it really is. You know what the really real problem with their their kite is. There are is fucking it? four metal spatulas yep. glued to the top of that fucking kite, like yep. I don't care how aerodynamic your kite is. I don't know if you have like uh in total eight ounces of metal attached yep. to your your kite, it's not going anywhere. <laughs>
0: It really reminded me of a fairly late season Futurama episode where Kubert somehow comes into possession of Planet Express and he has Leela put these big decals onto the rocket ship. And the joke, the joke is that he got these giant rocket ship sized flame decals out of his cereal box. But he says, put these on, it'll make the ship go faster. And Leela says, okay, what's your scientific basis for thinking that? And Kubert just says, I'm 12 which is yeah. a really good goof but it's exactly the kind of thing like I think the problem with this kite is that it isn't radical enough. <laughs> we get our first glimpse of Helga's evidence dungeon. <laughs> They're sitting on the bench. Arnold
1: is chewing gum, puts the gum under the the bench. Helga comes out of fucking nowhere, yep. steals the gum from under under uh the, the bench and takes it to her evidence dungeon, which is very yep. very apt, because I wrote something very very similar in my notes about it. what the fuck. I said, I feel like Helga's statue and her room is something you would find in a serial killer's room after yeah. they were caught.
0: No, absolutely. This is her, <laughs> her serial killer wall of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, it's worth noting something i didn't pick up on when i was a kid uh because i wasn't i wasn't a huge religion nerd yet was like the symbolism in this statue is super intense like there's a sun disc behind arnold's head and he's got like the multiple arms of like a a hindu deity there's a lot of shit going on and it is really troubling
1: and uh so i i think i screenshotted that episode uh no, I didn't. I didn't take a screenshot. I took a screenshot of Arnold's room, because uh, in this episode, there's a nice pan of Arnold's room that God, really shows how so
0: fucking, fucking cool it is. It's uh, so goddamn cool! But
1: I did write some of the things that uh, Helga keeps in jars Yep. Uh, surrounding her gum deity of Arnold. An entire yep. statue made out of his used gum. Uh, so... Uh to the left of the Arnold statue there is a jar that says Arnold toenail clippings. Yep. Uh above that is a jar that says Arnold's hair. To the right of it there is a jar that says Arnold Sandwich. And the grossest thing is his ears are two fucking Q tips, one of which are used. <laughs> oh, I didn't
0: catch that. Oh that's That's unhygienic. Yeah. That's, Miriam was right to get rid of that when she found it. That's, it, okay, and that's
1: fascinating. Is Miriam being a good mother at this point in time? Like, like, uh, there's the invasion of, of Helga's privacy by Miriam walking into right. the room. There's, uh, but there's also, and her disposing of something that her daughter was definitely keeping a secret for a reason. But also, right. Miriam doesn't address it doesn't make Helga feel bad about what she did she's just like oh yeah I tossed it none of that it's like is she being a good mother is she being a bad mother is she being a bad mother because she's not really addressing the uh
0: honestly I I was gonna say that the question of when a child starts to need privacy like as a human not necessarily just for like it, you know, like basic animal reasons, but like also I am a private person, I have a private life, I have this stuff that you don't need to know about. And it's not necessarily that it's, you know, embarrassing or perverse or anything, although it very much is in this case. But just like, it's a very, it's a, it's, it's part of becoming a person to have these things that are just yours. And the question of when you need to start respecting that, um, vis-a-vis your child. Cause up to a certain point, kids are just animals, right? And yeah. they they start to become people with needs and with secrets and emotional stuff that you have to start respecting. And it has to be hard to know when you have to start respecting that. I'm not I a mean, parent and I'm never going to be.
1: And, like, my mom still has issues with it. My mom doesn't really understand why I don't want her poking around in my room. I don't right. have anything that, that would be shocking to her, that would be upsetting to her uh, right. if she were to search around my room. But But it it makes me feel icky knowing that my mother is uh and she doesn't be
0: sacred space.
1: And she doesn't, like I don't wanna I don't wanna disparage my mom. My mom absolutely respects my own privacy in my room.
0: She just doesn't
1: She just doesn't get it.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, and I that's what I was going to say about all that, but I think the real answer based on the fact that Miriam asks Helga to pass her the, the Tabasco sauce later, uh, it is the morning time. Miriam is absolutely making Bloody Marys, and I think she's just a drunk cleaner. I yeah. think that's what it is. I think she was just getting her day drink on and decided to tackle some projects.
1: Here, Here's something interesting, and like, I, I apologize to the people who expect us to follow a strict uh, progression of time, uh, yeah. in this well, and that's the
0: thing, like, we could just list the events of the episode, but like, you just watched the episode, it's fine. Yeah. Uh,
1: you better have watched the episode, and... Go like,
0: back and watch the fucking episode!
1: And, and like, I think this is like, what we're really hoping to do, uh, with, with the series later on is, is have a frank and open discussion about what what is happening in the episodes rather than this is what happens first this is what happens second this is what happens third
0: yeah Uh, in fact we might even in the future Tony we might consider just like doing like a little two minute just beat by beat this is the course of the story now it's over and then talk about what we want to talk about Uh, yeah I I definitely think that's a good
1: idea her her mother doesn't have a face in this episode uh, nope. They haven't even established who the Patakis are as people. The first nope. introduction we get into Helga's mom as this, and, 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 and like, if I, if I can talk about other TV shows, more often than not, uh, when a TV show doesn't show a character's face, it it, it means who they are as a person is less important than what they are doing. Right. Uh. And I think with, with the Pataki's mom, and we've kind of foreshadowed that, that we're going to delve deep into the Pataki family structure and, and why yeah. it is, yeah. yeah, one of the weirdest it and most effed so up things, up. uh, in this entire show. But our first introduction into Helga's mom is, uh, she is making a fucking, uh, I would assume it's a Bloody Mary. My problem with that is, uh, bloody Marys are tend, tend to be not like blended drinks.
0: Not blended. Yeah, there's ice in there. But also, uh I don't I don't think there's I don't think you really get to tell someone they're being an alcoholic wrong. So yeah. maybe she just you know, she's got maybe it's not a bloody Mary per se, but yeah. it's like Miriam's morning pick me up juice, you know.
1: And I think I think so the thing is, I think this um I think I think this was a throwaway gag. I think it was uh, something, like, I don't think they had established really the dynamics of everything uh, within these these relationships yet. I think it's yeah. just like, oh, it's fun. Her mom is making drinks in the morning. Like, she's just this lady. Like, it doesn't really matter. The important thing is that her mom threw away the her treasure dog. trove of evidence. Um, yeah. That would implicate Helga once she eventually murders Arnold's. <laughs> I was uh, gonna say that the any court finale. in the land would find
0: damning. Yes. Yeah. So, she looks at her her gum deity and decides that it is imperfect in her eyes, that it needs the hat to be complete. Yeah. And I actually forget, Tony, how did she... Get upon how the hat? did she come into possession of his hat? Okay,
1: yeah. so... So, uh... What happens next is, like, a a series of of, of foibles, her trying to steal the hat. At one point, they're walking across the library. Helga is perched upon uh, a a column, uh, crouched as a gargoyle. And the kids, being nine years old, who aren't actually aware of their fucking surroundings, don't even pay attention to her. She tries to grab it off Arnold's head. Like, uh, at one point, she... Uh, does the whole, I'm going to use a fishing line to get the hat and try to steal yep. it. Uh, Pretty good. That gets uh, attached to a car. Uh, she gets, why doesn't she let go of the fucking fishing pole? I have no idea, but she... Because she, she
0: commits.
1: She, I mean. she, she she water skis across a rooftop. Uh, Pretty good. Uh, she eventually gives up on it, and uh-huh. uh, she she makes a line that I, I really, really, like, found interesting. Um, it's something along the lines of, like, uh, getting this hat is the most important thing in the world to me. Uh, next to world's domination, or something along those lines. And I'm like, for now, the hat. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, for, but like, like, I think the joke is, wow, this is kind of, this is kind of a deranged girl. She wants to dominate the world. That's kind of effed up and weird, but I'm watching this and thinking, you know what? Like, good for her. If she wants, if she has aspirations like that, go get it, girl. Like, that's fantastic. You're a go-getter. The hat thing is more concerning to me as an adult than, than the other thing
0: extremely troubling and what's interesting is i mean you you know me you know that i'm going to fit like religious and spiritual symbolism over everything i see because that's just kind of the the lens through which i see the world but like this this is it's an idol it's a deity she's set up right yeah, she is yeah. essentially praying to her love for arnold and she's saying that my thing needs this to be complete and this way i will rah, rah, rah. which by the way that's not how that works because that's probably what she thought the first time she stole the first piece of gum. Was like, oh, okay, I have this piece of gum. Now I'm good forever. Nope, yeah. not how that works. Yeah. So she's going to steal this hat, and then pretty soon she's going to be like, you know what would really make this statue? A little bit of blood. And uh, it's just going to escalate from there. Yeah. But
1: His hair, his actual hair. Exactly. Like, eventually now, she's going to just start, yeah, start... Harvesting, and that's how serial killers are born. Eventually, she's she's going to have a a full deity made from actual chopped limbs. Yeah.
0: So (laughs) she she's trying and she's trying to perfect this conception of God that she keeps in her closet, and eventually she accepts that it's not going to happen and it shouldn't happen, and that's an interesting concept to me because she she is acknowledging that worship necessitates distance. That like, yeah. be, because most most monotheistic conceptions of God, uh, even a lot of polytheistic ones, kind of have this this understanding that deity, by its very nature, is something separate from humanity. Right, that on some level it has to be unknowable. Right, right. So. I think she, she's trying to force that. She's trying to bridge that gap into making her conception of love and God completely, like, knowable and physical and perfect. And it's just, it's not working. And eventually she gives up. And when she stops yearning for it and struggling for it, that is when the solution and epiphany falls into her lap by way yep. of a pesky breeze that uh, just whoops Arnold's hat up and uh, literally just at her feet.
1: And she's like, oh yeah, there it is, and like, and yeah, like, her, it's a freebie. her, she's so, she's so nonplussed by it. Like, she's like, oh yeah, here it is. Like, like, I knew this was going to happen. This is my life. Worked no out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she goes home. Uh, she puts it on her her little gum god, and life is beautiful. Later, she finds that her mother Miriam has thrown out said gum god. Okay, no, no, wait a minute. So she puts it on her gum god she she's fine everything's great in pataki land yeah. i mean her her father is uh, an absentee workaholic who is almost certainly emotionally abusive her mother is an alcoholic and her older sister definitely has some crippling uh pressure and anxiety issues from being the first beloved only child but that's a uh, later I, episode
1: I also see say that uh, olga pataki is a narcissist but that's uh, another. Story.
0: She is, but I think it's a narcissism that's impressed upon her by Bob. Right. Um, we'll we'll get there. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So she's she's perfected her gum god. She's good to go. Helga Pataki has a real good weekend. Arnold, right. meanwhile, um, is mourning the loss of not just a covering for that little bit of his football dome, but, like, a a piece of himself. It really was. It was his icon, his sigil. And it's something without which he feels he can't move through the world in the same way. And we're given a little flashback that, like, this isn't just some dumb hat, this is something his parents gave him. In a, in, in a sepia-toned flashback, yeah. a trip down sepia junction in which we yeah. see two people, uh, again, no faces, only from shoulders down, but, like, dressed like they're from the 50s, like yeah. Thomas and Martha Wayne.
1: So, so, like, like, if, if you have, like, if, if you're not someone who has watched every single fucking episode of this series... This kind of feels like uh, a cute throwaway scene. Oh, of course, Arnold loves it. His parents gave it to him. Like I think any kid would cherish something that a child. I mean, uh, every child would cherish something that a parent gave them. That makes sense. And we're three episodes into the series, so not a whole lot has been established by established about Arnold's life. Uh, we don't know if he has parents. We don't know any of that. We know that he hangs right. out with his grandma. His grandma's and his grandpa are like the first two people he's seen, we've seen in terms of his family on the show. But that doesn't necessarily mean his parents don't exist. I mean, we're three right. episodes in and we've just seen Olga's parents. Right. But when you look at it in the context of, of the entirety of this series, the, the the journal episode, uh, the Parents Day episode, uh, the Jungle movie. Uh, mm. This is a huge scene. This this yeah. is like like
0: this is a key piece of the Arnold puzzle.
1: Yeah yeah it's 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 the the Rosetta Stone of of who Arnold is as a person. it is his
0: rosebud.
1: Yeah, uh, fucking sled... <laughs> Sorry, go back to episode two and know why I have such a visceral reaction to... To what case yeah, that was
0: just so. for you. I don't even know if that's an apt comparison, because I've never seen the movie. Alright, but yeah, we we get just this brief glimpse of Arnold's parents, and so it is it is it is more than that. So he's moving throughout the world, and everybody says, every single person, and like, they, they've done a really good job from Jump. Because, as you say, we're three episodes in, and I think we've seen every one of these characters before. There's the mailman, there's Mr. Green, the grocer, uh, there's the old lady, whose name escapes me at the moment. Mrs. Um, Vitello! Who is Vitello, thank you. Flower shop, the florist. That's right. Yeah. Um, all of them, in their turns, just basically say, "Hey, Arnold, you look like shit, dude. <laughs> What's going on?" Yeah. It's it's like like
1: I and I, I'm gonna like come back on this, especially in the Gerald Field episode, uh, from which our podcast is named. But the adults in the neighborhood are really shitty people. All yeah, of them really are consistently shitty. Like like like. They're all just, like, they take turns telling Arnold how how crappy
0: he looks. Uh, Yeah, you sick? You get a bad haircut? What's going on?
1: Looks like you lost a fight with a lawnmower. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me?
0: Okay, well, and what's interesting is, uh, you know, we talk about how Miriam and how Arnold's parents uh, are only seen from the shoulders down, indicating that they are something separate, right? That they're yeah. they're not the same thing as these other characters we see. Yeah. But we get we get grandma and grandpa, uh Phil and, and Gertie, we get all these people in yeah. full view indicating that on some level they are the same thing as the kids, which yeah. is to say idiots. <laughs> yeah. So, uh Gerald Eventually comes to understand that, like, because we all have things like that, right? If not the, uh, if not a hat necessarily, then a token or a totem or a piece of something, whatever. Yeah. For mine, it's a it's a turtle necklace that I that I have here uh, that my missus gave to me when we when we first got together. And without it, I would feel naked in a bad way and imbalanced, and I wouldn't feel like myself. And that's yeah. a terrible feeling.
1: Huh. I don't have so, anything like that. That's That's your beard. Your beard. Yeah. Uh I guess. Yeah.
0: My beard. So Helga Helga bears witness to this, realizes that she has made a terrible mistake, which is actually pretty humble of her, because like her her affection for Arnold is pretty fundamentally selfish, right? It's never, oh Arnold, I could make you so happy. Or you know, it's it's always Arnold, you know, uh it's always from her perspective and for her sake and satisfaction in love. Yeah. Um but she realizes that she has done a bad thing in taking God down from his pedestal and so she's trying to set him back up there. She goes back to get her the, the get the hat, finds out that Miriam has thrown it in the trash, which again, good call Miriam. Good yeah. if not good parenting, at least good housekeeping, right? Yeah. So she rushes outside to see that the the garbage truck has gone off and just a line that made me so happy. She just shakes her fist at him and says, stupid sanitation engineers, <laughs> which is oddly respectful. Like, and it it really does. It points to that same thing we talked about last time of Helga being really smart. And she's like, no, they do important work, but fuck those guys. They just made my day a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. So she eventually, uh, she makes her way to the dump. She tries to find, the, she gets pooped on like three or four times in this episode. Yeah uh by pigeon, oh, yeah, she
1: she 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 dives headfirst into a pigeon coop at one she point does. uh and then ends up in the dump. And yep. like I've seen that episode of The Office where they're trying to find the fucking leads of the dump. The dump is a giant massive place. And it is. like at least in my hometown, uh, when they put something in the landfill, there is a bulldozer like five seconds later running over it and
0: shoving it deep yep. into the ground. So yeah.
1: like it's an impossible task for her. It's
0: not truth in television. You're never gonna find what you're looking for at the dump, right? Yeah. Not a thing. But she does. Of course uh, she does.
1: A friendly a friendly uh, pigeon is wearing it, uh, like yeah. a hat.
0: For all the wrong they've done her this episode, they decided to throw her a bone.
1: Yeah. She gets the hat back, uh, and before she's able to return the hat, I, uh, I think one of my favorite scenes in this episode, uh, is Arnold's like, like, I think does Arnold have a conversation with his grandpa about about the hat, or does he have a conversation with someone? He
0: does. He it is it is with Phil, and he says, "I don't feel like myself. I feel like that hat is what made me who I am, and without it, who am I?" Um, you know, uh, how how can a fox ever be content without a chicken in his teeth, so to speak? Oh. And Phil says, "Yeah, dog, I get it." I felt the same way when I lost my hair and he shows he shows him some pictures, yeah, and he says, I tried everything. I tried wearing a hat, I tried wearing a wig, and I eventually concluded that like, yeah, I looked different, but I was still me and that I wasn't gonna let that control how I walked through the world. And I would really love to stay here and see how you absorb my wisdom, but I'm going to go watch my stories instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so Arnold has a new sense of, of like self esteem. Like he, he has a self worth and he, he takes the same path down the neighborhood, uh, with Gerald. And instead of, uh, all of the adults saying, Horrible things to him. They're all giving him words of affirmation and making him feel good about himself. What's mm-hmm. interesting about this, though, is this was not genuine on any of the adults' parts. No,
0: not spontaneous.
1: Um, and I think, I think what I really love about this scene is the implication is that Gerald, yeah. uh, who's ride or die for Arnold, like, like they're fucking, like, blood like, brothers. Yeah. yeah. Like, like,
0: uh, True companions. Yeah, like like I
1: have close friends that I fucking love, but I don't think any of them would ever compare to even what Gerald did. Gerald wow. went through thanks, buddy. Ha Well well, Gerald went through a nine year old went through and accosted every single one of these adults That's uh, true. and and made them feel so shitty about themselves yeah. uh, for what they did to him. Uh I mean that's the implication. It's never overtly said. It's never there's never a scene that says that. But he gives each of yeah. them a look, like "thank you, you're doing this right." Uh, and and I I don't know, like like the fact that a nine year old spooked these or at least made these adults feel bad enough. That's mm-hmm. actually something interesting. Is is there are a lot of times in this series where the nine year olds make the 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 adults in the neighborhood feel like assholes.
0: They uh, do, and like and part of it is that Gerald is consistently portrayed as having self-confidence and self-esteem through the roof. Taller yeah. than his hair. Yeah. yeah. And we we see some cool stuff with his family about that. I think fair, like, much later on. But, like, be, because we see that, like, Gerald knows he's the coolest cat on two legs. Yeah. So, like... The idea of him just walking up to Mr. Green or whoever and just big dogging the shit out of them saying, look, my best friend is going to come walking down this goddamn street and you are going to tell him he looks like a million fucking dollars. And if he yeah. doesn't believe it, I am going to find it and take it out of your hide. Yeah. And I, I can, I can totally see him doing that.
1: Throughout this walk, uh, what I find really interesting is, again, it's this, it's the sense of uh, relinquishment, uh, Helga, surrender. Yeah. yeah, the surrender. Helga surrendered the idea that she's never going to get the hat. At that point, the hat came to him. Arnold of realized course. that he is a whole person beyond the hat, uh, and it's and that, at that, at that point, moment the hat returns the hat to returns him. him. Uh, yeah, uh, the hat is magic. Uh, the hat is
0: magic. The hat is wise. The hat knows. It is as the Buddhists say: if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. By which is meant that nothing that comes from outside yourself can give you true enlightenment that if it's a person or a religion or an idea or a god or whatever that says i can make you perfect i can make you whole uh if i can give this to you if someone can give that to you they can also take it away so the only the only enlightenment that can be safely held and truly yours has to come from within you have to realize that it isn't the hat that makes the man it's the man that makes the man and the man can wear a hat yeah i had no idea
1: what you just said casey but it sounded profound
0: thanks buddy so he runs (laughs) into helga and uh says helga my mortal enemy sometimes no he no they're not enemies he says helga this girl with whom I I have a really complicated but one-sided relationship that I'm only marginally aware of but that manifests itself in wildly different ways that's, on a given day.
1: And that's really interesting is is like like for the most part like Arnold should fucking hate Helga, like like she makes his life a miserable like living hell. But even yep. like like he sees her on the street and he's maybe not happy
0: to see her.
1: But right. is but he's like, not
0: like ah oh, shit, Pataki. Yeah,
1: he's cordial to her. He's like, oh hey, Helga, like like yeah. It's it's interesting to see you in our neighborhood,
0: in which we all. Live doesn't, in. He doesn't have any hate in his heart, man. Yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't have the energy to actively put bad vibes out there. Yeah, and I think I think that was a big influence on me, and I realize how arrogant that sounds. You're like, oh well, I don't have any room in my heart for hatred. Like that's that's not what I mean. But like I saw that like that kid's life was a lot easier than some other people's just yeah. because like he didn't have a hand to carry around bad vibes with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then uh yeah, Helga has his hat, says, Yeah, here's your fucking hat. Go to hell. Also I love you. Yeah. And and yeah. he hugs her even though she's all covered in garbage juice. And then
1: she's the one who says he's disgusting. But yes. but uh I think that's a nice venture. Uh, I think this is a, a pretty good like like mixture between I actually wouldn't say this is a very sad episode. Like, like no, it's, no, 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 no. Like, you have the melancholy of Arnold losing his hat, but but for the most part, it's... it's. Uh, when you compare it to the rest of the series, and you take storylines that are just now... Uh, th- this is this is one that a lot of, like, things that are going to come up later on in the series are finally, like, kind of to take bloom. Uh, yeah. Which... Uh,
0: this is the first seed of his parents. Yeah. Uh, the first evidence we get of that that helga's obsession with arnold is far beyond what is appropriate or healthy um the first the first couple episodes as you noted did some world building like they kind of defined and and felt out the edges of this world a little bit filled it with some names and some faces and this uh this couple episodes here really does a deep dive into the characters and some yeah Speaking of which, so that's the end of that one. It was a good time. Uh, Arnold is very glad to have his hat back, but realizes that he doesn't need it, which is the important thing.
1: But he wears it for the rest of the series, so it doesn't matter. Well, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. So, coming up next, we have Season 1, Episode 3, Part 2, Stoop Kid. I I think this is probably...
1: I think this is probably the most famous episode of Hey Arnold. Like, I feel like... Probably. Even if you've never, like sat down and watched the entirety of the series uh yeah. if you if you ask someone who is stoop kid the thing that is going to come out of their mouth is stoop kids afraid to leave his stoop As a matter yeah, and you how can, old you are
0: you can say it like if you say hey arnold to me i probably think of the ghost train episode first for some reason i don't know why that's just what comes into uh-huh. my head but like if you said hey casey Stoop Kid, I would finish the fucking sentence without a yes. without a thought, like, automatically. It's part it's like, of the menatic like, lexicon. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like saying Red Robin and everybody's
0: saying yum. After Red reference. Goblin. Yes. What? I went to Red Robin the other day. Still really yummy. I fucking their love Red Robin. Robin. They
1: changed. How are their, their fries? fries different?
0: No, what are you- Their fries are, Arizona le- no, their fries fries. are less- no they changed it recently uh their fries are less greasy now and i like it because steak fries as the monarch noted are always soggy and so uh less greasy steak fries they're a little what
1: here is my secret to ordering potatoes at any restaurant period
0: tell me tell me order everything well
1: done Always order your potatoes well done. No. Yes. i are not going to
0: order my fries well done. Yes, you are. i going to do that to the people <laughs> making my food. Some poor son of a bitch who just wants to go home and he gets an order for well done French fries. So all he has to do is take the already cooked
1: French fries... Toss them in the fryer for an extra 30 seconds and take them out so they're nice and extra and crispy. Uh, I don't really do it for McDonald's. I don't usually do it for fast food. But if I'm doing right. it at a place that is either constantly like, like Red Robin has to always have a fryer with fries on. Going, so, right. so, so the idea that all they would have to do is Keep some in for an extra 30 seconds or 40 seconds is good. Uh, if I'm going to a diner where they are hand-making my food, whether right. it is hash browns or french fries or whatever, uh, made to order things, I will definitely order them well done. Because I fucking hate soggy potatoes. They're the bane of my existence. It's and, the worst. And I, like, like... I need them to be crispy. Well,
0: like I've I can't been- do that. I can't. I can't place my own potato self interest above the the spiritual damage it would do me to demand that of another person. It's interesting. I learned a little bit of <laughs> about Casey today. <laughs> I I live my life in constant terror of inconveniencing anyone ever for any reason, and like. Uh, you know me, I'm not an adventurous eater. When it comes to food, I want comfort, familiarity, and reliability. And so, like, when I order a cheeseburger, and I order it plain, I would just like bacon and cheese on my cheeseburger, please. I think to myself, okay, that's less work for the people at the kitchen. Nope. They have to put fewer things on my hamburger.
1: It's fine. Uh... So I'm gonna give you a rude awakening, Casey. Son of a That's bitch! Probably are you make gonna you... are
0: you gonna turn my whole world upside down yep. right now? Uh, I phony. worked at a
1: I worked at a, a, a pizza place. Uh, omissions are actually worse than additions. Fuck. God damn it! <laughs> because here's the thing: like, like when you're making so many things for so yeah. long, uh, they're... It becomes muscle memory. I know how to right. fucking make a Caesar salad. I can make a Caesar salad with my eyes closed because you I have the muscle. I have bunch. the muscle memory for. The second yeah. you omit something, I have to stop and pause and consciously think: What the fuck? Am, how the fuck am I supposed stop to make this that. sandwich? How the oh, fuck am I it. supposed to do this? Um, I'm I th- never going but, back to but, a restaurant again. But I think with UKC uh, uh, omitting everything isn't that bad. Because right. you're you're eliminating everything. Make the burger. Make the patty. Make the the there. And that's all this stuff. It's really like I don't want ketchup on my burger, or right. I would like 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 ketchup instead of mustard, or or no pickles or no onions. Like right. Like if my whole thing is if you're gonna order something like that and you want something taken off, order it with it on there and just pick it off. Like like. You're, you're okay, well, that- I'll give
0: you that on some things, like lettuce, sure, onions, sure, but like if they put tomato or like pickles on there, there's juice all over that son of a bitch, though, and you're not just gonna be able to pretend that wasn't there. I, I, I don't,
1: I like pickles and tomatoes, so I can't really tell you well, the difference. Well, your, that's
0: your flaw, I guess. <laughs> that's my flaw. <laughs> well, and really, the, I, I think the problem here. Is that the standard hamburger has everything on it? It is not my fault that yes. that is the that is the template from which they work that's not on me, yeah, but you can't say that that's a problem. Well, it's a problem if me require reco- okay whatever this is I will not be made the bad guy this is character assassination. My point is, every
1: like, no matter what you do, unless you are ordering something standard from a restaurant, it is going to be some sort of mild inconvenience.
0: Ah, frig! Um, well, it, it doesn't it.
1: matter. It doesn't. We're all going to die. Like I, you're well, paying yeah, this true. person to make this burger for you. Why the hell? Like it's. I, I, I would say. I would say if someone is like being generous and offering a burger to you right. uh, for, for, for free, money. for free. For free, without okay. money, like like from the charity of their own heart, it is really right. effed up for you to be like like I want this burger this way that way this way this way. Make sure it's it's well done. Make sure there's
0: like 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 whatever fucking thing you do it like like well. Say, and I would say just the opposite. I would say that if I'm giving someone a hamburger or something, I want to make sure they enjoy it and that it's the way they want it. Because if it's not and they're not going to enjoy it, then what the fuck was the point?
1: uh, uh it, it, it's it's fascinating and it's it's uh i don't want to delve into my my psyche but it's one of the reasons why i really like going to a therapist because yeah. i i feel very guilty about airing out my problems to to uh my friends because sure. i feel like no. they have an obligation uh, I, I i i've been pretty good about not airing my things out in a lot of different places. Like I I posted that thing on Twitter, but I was really just like, hey guys, help keep my mind off something, Uh, ask me questions. But, I pay my therapist, and she gets to listen to me, and I feel no guilt about it, because I am paying her to listen to me. I can talk about whatever I want. Yeah. It's goods and services. Uh, If I had a therapist,
0: I would just end up playing D&D most days, I think. With her? yeah
1: that's 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 interesting
0: well, I mean, and you can't tell me that that wouldn't be like a look into someone's psyche right? I feel like that would be a nice like shielded yeah. protected way to examine real issues
1: that's that's it's fascinating, and I'm not saying like that's weird. I'm just saying that's right. very interesting it's an interesting perspective, but it's my same thing when i when I go to restaurants i wanna fucking like like if I'm paying you. I want to. I want you to make me the burger the way I want it to be. Otherwise, yeah. why am I paying
0: you? Why am I paying exactly. you to have something that I'm not actually?
1: Well, if so that's, that's why your standpoint, I want my...
0: then why do you advocate for just dealing with it if it comes in correctly?
1: My point is, if you're someone who is so concerned about 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 inconveniencing the person who's making your food. And don't, don't order anything. Like, 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 in your mind, you're being more of a convenience to them because you're adding less to it. My point is, you're actually being more of an inconvenience in adding something on, at least in my experience. Uh, but my whole thing is, we're all gonna fucking die. You're paying this person. Like, I, who gives a fuck? Like yeah, you're order not wrong. order your burger the way you want it. Order it with extra jalapenos and pastrami, like my favorite burger in your fucking hometown is. Uh, yeah, Tony asks about you all the time. I like I really want to come back down just to have that fucking burger. And see yeah. you, but also to have that fucking burger. I'm not uh, even
0: offended that you put it in that order. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, so, you're right.
0: Everything is doomed and nothing will be spared. Yeah, so you and might it's, as well, just and, and have it's to like like you it's want
1: really it. just I've I've really just taken that kind of mindset for for like the last like four or five months. I've just really been like, yes. why the fuck have I so preoccupied myself with with the opinions of other people? I should just live the life the way I want to, and I have been, and it's been pretty awesome. Right on. That being said, that's because you're pretty awesome. Uh, stoop kid is afraid to oh, leave God, his stoop. stoop kid. And we have spent yeah. twenty minutes talking about
0: not hamburgers. That. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a quick rundown.
1: Yeah. I think this one. I think this. I think this episode really would benefit from us just spending two minutes going through. And, yeah. And and we can delete this part.
0: But but I definitely so give think... us give us a give us a rundown of the plot, Tony. Okay.
1: So Arnold the kids are playing football. Uh, Arnold, which is also a recurring theme, uh, is kind of uncontrollable when it comes to him playing sports. Uh yeah. he is sometimes really bad at it, sometimes he's fantastic. Uh he kicks the ball and it flies straight across the neighborhood uh which is awesome. It lands on uh a stoop. Uh and this is our first real introduction to a Gerald story uh yeah,
0: which is a recurring theme. Gerald is a troubadour. He's a bard. He yeah. is in a very real way, he is the keeper of the lore and legends of the neighborhood. Uh, Which might be a little racist now that I think about it, but...
1: We'll talk about it. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, Gerald tells the story
1: of Stoop Kid. The ballad of Stoop Kid. Yeah, this boy. The, the boy who who has lived and, and grown on this stoop his entire life. Uh, uh, the rest of the episode is... Uh, they Oh, they get an introduction. Stoop Kid is a very mean and angry person. Uh, he bullies the people, uh, Arnold, uh, tries to wait for Stoop Kid to leave the stoop, tries to figure out how he can get his football back, because there's no way that Stoop Kid would ever allow Arnold onto his stoop to, uh, to save it. Uh,
0: your football, your frisbee, your cat lands on that stoop, that shit is
1: gone. Arnold, Arnold, uh, stays the entire night up watching him, waiting for Stoop Kid to leave. Stoop Kid never leaves. Arnold has this realization that Stoop Kid cannot leave his stoop. So why the right. fuck shouldn't he just be able to grab it? Uh he does that. This causes chaos in Stoop Kid's life,
0: uh much like taking Arnold's hat.
1: Yeah. He's targeted now because of this realization. Uh That
0: Stoop Kid's afraid to leave his stoop.
1: Arnold does what he does, uh and convinces Stoop Kid to leave the stoop. Stoop Kid goes over his fears and leaves the stoop. Uh yeah. But but like all things Uh, finds comfort in his routine, and decides to live on his stoop. Okay, that's the episode. Uh, Let's talk about the pervasive nature of homelessness in this city. There is so
0: much to talk about. Okay, so when I was a kid, I thought... I I, I didn't give it active thought. If you had asked eight-year-old Casey, you know, whatever, to analyze this and say, hey, tell me about Stoop Kid, what's his deal I would have said, Oh, he's a cool dude who lives in a little clubhouse. Like he's got his own little alk his own little bat cave there. And it's just where he lives. Uh It it didn't occur to me that oh no, Stoop Kid is literally a homeless youth. And like he's tall compared to the main characters. He's got kind of an adult cast to him, but he can't be more than what like early teens, right? Yeah.
1: And there's like like I wanna talk about his appearance uh, because there's so many things that, like, just by glancing at him... And uh for those of you who have not watched the episode yet, go back and watch the episode. Or at the very least, go look at a picture of Stoop Kid. Uh, yeah. He's in very raggedy clothes, which... Uh, yeah. This is the 90s, this is the mid-90s. So none of this, like, really feels any different than how people were dressed up. But there's yeah. some there's some indicators that, that are kind of messed up when you think about it. His jeans uh go up to his mid calf. Yep. And I don't think that's a style choice. I think nope. he's been in these jeans far longer than he should, and he's outgrown them. He just
0: yep. has nothing else to do. Nothing uh, else with to it. wear. Also, y-you you know what I noticed? This building where he has made his little, his little stoop cave, that building is condemned. Yeah. It says right there that it's been like foreclosed upon, that there's a notice. And I never caught that when I was a kid. I-I didn't, cause I didn't know from like apartment buildings and boarding house buildings and shit because I lived in a small town, not a big city. I-I di- I didn't know. Yeah, and-and that was
1: always something that was kind of weird for me when I watched it as a kid. Like, okay, is he... Is he... Like, how are people just, like, People must be coming in and out of that building, like, he's just fucking in their way. Do they have
0: a password? Is it, yeah. Is it like the the Gryffindor common room?
1: Yeah. But he, uh, he lives on the stoop,
0: like, he never leaves.
1: Uh, he never leaves we see him We homeless. see him take a
0: he's homeless we see him take a hose bath he's yeah. got a he's got a, a hammock set up he's got a TV and a cooler he's got a little like hot plate thing set up and when you're a kid you're looking at this and you're like fuck yeah that's some Robinson Crusoe like this kid's got it made he lives in a tree house except it's on ground floor this yeah. is awesome
1: Hey so this is my only really like what the fuck is going on with this, though? He, he doesn't leave his stoop. How is he getting food? How does he have a TV? How does he have all of these things that allows him to survive?
0: In Gerald's story, it's indicated that this the tree that's right by his stoop is an apple tree, uh-huh. and I, I have to believe that's symbolic because, like, obviously he can't just eat nothing but apples. Also, they would be gone very quickly. Also, he but like, uh, ate a can of beans later on in that. Episode, he did so. eat a can of beans. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, good good fortune, and like maybe he scares people and they drop stuff and he just keeps it. Uh, that's I, that that might be a possibility. Like like yeah like
1: uh someone is carrying a tv and he spooks them and they drop the tv on his stoop and he's able to pick it up i could see that i also like this is a big city there's probably some sort of charity organization that that helps right that uh, doesn't it doesn't have doesn't have the
0: leverage to take him off the streets but can like come by and leave him some stuff yeah yeah um, one thing I really liked, and I want to point out before we move on, is that Gerald does does tell the tale. He sings the ballad of Stoop Kid, but it's Sid who serves as like the herald to the storyteller. Yeah, it's Sid. And, and, he acts as hype man.
1: Yeah, and, and this is this is like uh, it's almost I like Sid. Has gets episodes later on in the yeah. series. Like Sid becomes. Sid a gets more some out weird episode. ones, man. But. For the most part, Sid exists to be the the Metatron to to Gerald's voice of God. Like he is there yep. to to speak uh, for the greatness of Gerald before Gerald comes in.
0: Yeah, and every he's episode the he's the like, of "This
1: story has been passed down from kid generation to kid generation, and our old Gerald is the keeper of the tale."
0: <laughs> and then Gerald goes into his story. Passed down for over six years, which is that's a that's a good goof, but also like in kid time, that's that's literally a lifetime, they're, right? They're they're nine year olds. That is two thirds of their life. Exactly. Yeah. So this is this is a real big deal. There's another bit. This, this episode is so sad and so rough. Yeah. Stoop kid. The. It, as, as much as they're portraying him as a terror, they also portray him as kind of like an old man who just sits on his porch all day. Like he's got a lawn chair and a little blanket and he, he lives a domestic life there. Like he yeah. watches his TV. He's just got an outdoor house. Yeah. And at one point he's sitting there reading the little engine that could do himself and he's, he's just struggling saying, and th- the engine said, I think I can. And then he just looks off into the distance and says, man, what a great book. And it's the saddest fucking thing in the world because he's not in school, right? School doesn't come to the stoop.
1: Yeah, he, like, like, if, if, if this is, if what we are trying to lead this, like, if, if we believe what, what the episode is trying to have us believe, he has, from his birth, uh, have lived on this stoop and has never left.
0: Never it. once has he left this stoop.
1: Meaning, he has never had a proper public education. Never had Which a, means, the, probably never
0: been to a doctor?
1: Yeah, none of that. He, he learned to read this book by himself. And of course, like, 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 as a, as a six-year-old, I'm like, this is hilarious. I read that book when I was in kindergarten. Like, like, this is an old person who doesn't know how to read this book. And in reality, this is a kid whose city has failed him, whose government has failed him, who, whose education system has failed him to the point where he is, has to be at least 15, uh, if not older, maybe slightly younger, but cannot read through a kindergartner's book.
0: Picture book, yeah. Yeah. It's a good... I, I hesitate even to call it a joke, because it's not a joke, but whatever it is, the, a beat, like, it's a really great double-edged beat, because when you're a kid it serves to kind of defang Stoop Kid. And it's the first moment where Arnold really sees, oh, he's not just... Because, like, Stoop Kid, he acts like like a dog chained up in a yard, right? Yeah. Like, he runs yeah. to and fro on his stoop. And he says, you get away from my stoop! I see you looking at my stoop! Take your eyes off my stoop, citizen! Yeah. But, like, this is the first the first time we see stoop kid have anything resembling an inner life or personhood yeah. instead of just being this this boogeyman who lives in a particular corner of the neighborhood so it's it's a humanizing moment that defangs him and lets arnold really get a grip on how to help so it serves that for the kids but as an adult watching it's also it's just one more blow just saying oh yeah this kid is almost illiterate and like you said it's it's just one more indicator that he has been failed by every safety net available in this country. Right. It was rough. Um I do want to say really quickly Stoop Kid's voice sounded very familiar to me and I'm going to go I'm going to go in reverse order here. Uh, the gentleman who voices Stu Kid, his name is Danny Cooksey, uh-huh. and I'm I'm reading through his credits, and there are a few names I recognize. I'm like Jack Spicer. Well, I know Shaolin Showdown was a thing. I never really watched it. Uh, Dave the Barbarian. I saw a little bit of that. He's Dave. He's the, the okay. That's uh-huh. yeah. That that was a pretty good show. Ma- He's Montana Max from Tiny Tunes, yep. Yep. which is great. Yep. And Tony. I'm so happy we're discussing this because I know fewer than half a dozen people in my life that I could say this name to who I can say with 100% certainty will know who I am talking about. Uh-huh. Stoop Kid is Bobby Butnick. Yep. And that's the yep. only thing that I, like,
1: like, all those other things are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this is... Bobby Butnick is yep. Stoop Kid. Bobby Butnick yep. is Montana Max. Bobby Butnick is... is uh Jack Spicer like 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 I and, and it's crazy like uh seriously guys look up this this actor's name
0: he looks Danny ex- he looks exactly. exactly like Stoop Kid. It's they crazy. Just drew the actor. Yeah. It's bonkers. And like I don't remember a whole lot of Salute Your Shorts. I remember enjoying it a lot when I was a kid. I've left it alone because I probably figure it's just best left that way. No. Right? Like, uh, leave it uh, alone.
1: This Halloween, watch the Zeke the Plumber episode because it is oh, okay. just as terrifying now as an adult as it was back then.
0: Fair enough. But, like, this kid, the acting, he can put... Like, voice acting is extremely difficult, yeah. right? and just like the real emotion and character he puts into every line is 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 unbelievable not even cuz like i remember montana max but montana max was a one dimensional character his whole yeah. point was to be a dumb muppet babies version of of um yosemite sam thank you uh and like but stoop kid later after after it is revealed that stoop kid is afraid to leave his stoop you just hear him wailing He's just lamenting for, like, a solid 30 seconds. And the real... He's not just going, Muh. Like, the vocal effort this kid is putting yeah. in is unbelievable. Which, which...
1: Okay, like, I really want to talk about this crying scene. Like, he's a homeless person. Yes, he he's is, a homeless he is, child. He is one of the most vulnerable... In one of the most vulnerable positions a person can be in this world. Yeah. At any given life, like, his, his life is a constant terror for him. Is he going to die? Is someone going to do something to him? Is all these things. His one solace, the one thing that he had going for him was that... Over which
0: he had control.
1: Was that he, like, like, he, the mythology surrounding him allowed for people to be scared to mess with him. Like, like, like... When Arnold uh, reveals that you know he, he takes off the Batman mask, he he shatters the the yeah. The... There's
0: literally a newspaper article that says "Stoop Kid afraid to leave Stoop." This is a major mythological shift in the cultural makeup of the neighborhood.
1: So the one thing that he had to protect him, that veil is gone. He right. he now realizes that he is vulnerable to everything that that he he at least had some solace in being you know you know
0: yeah before it was that his stoop was his kingdom it was his castle that he was defending from all the outside world and he now realizes and so does everyone else that he is in fact trapped there it's uh it's horrifying like legitimately
1: Sorry, the walls of Jericho have fallen down, and
0: exactly and
1: he is as vulnerable as he's ever
0: been. And it's, like, we started this podcast because we thought, hey, hey, Arnold is awesome. We could probably do some good goofs on that. And, like, good goofs abound. Nobody's saying they don't. But, like, shit, I, I, I really didn't expect to be hit this way. Because when I was a kid, and it's it's a recurring thing in cartoons that, like, we talked about with, you know, when Ruth McDougall was mentioned in the, um... The Little Pink Book episode, like, when I was a kid, I thought Ruth was a grown-ass woman. But she is specifically a sixth-grader, meaning she is, like, 13, maybe. Like, 12-something? I don't know how old sixth-graders are. But it's the same thing. When I was a kid, I thought that Stoop Kid was a grown human. I thought it was weird that they called him Stoop Kid. Because I'm like, look at that, he's clearly, like, 40. But he's not. He's a child who's trapped in this place and... um, I don't know. It's rough shit, but Arnold realizes that he has accidentally done a very, very bad thing. He did not intend to do this. Arnold did not mean to destroy a life. Um, so he he goes up to Stoop Kid. And he's like, "Hey, Stoop Kid, you know, you could probably leave your stoop." And he's like, Nah, I, I don't. I don't think I could, though." And he says, "But what about all the stoops you're missing?" And he pulls out two volumes of Stoops of the World. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking love it. So good. He just went to you know went to the library and consulted and said, "Excuse me, could you please direct me to the Stoop repository?" <laughs> just a whole section. Okay, so here's what
1: I love. I love that Arnold like realized that he's like he is not going to. He doesn't. He doesn't just come and be like, "Hey, Stoop Kid, leave your Stoop." And Stoop Kid's like, "Nope." And Arnold's like, "Well, no, back you. to the back to the drawing board." I guess that's not right. going to work. He he. Before he even approached Stoop Kid, he know, knew he had to approach Stoop Kid on his own terms. He knew that mm-hmm. there was no way to... Speak his language. Yeah, there was no way he was going to be able to convince Stoop Kid to leave the stoop without without any kind of incentive. Uh, <laughs> In a, a non-stoop
0: stoop 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 context. Stuff.
1: So he fucking goes... Like, he goes to the library. He he must have spent hours researching, because Google didn't exist uh, nope. at that point. The history like, of stoops. Yeah, like, like yeah. he... And he, he comes back with these books and he's ready and has learned about things that he's knows will will help Stoop Kid like overcome this this fear.
0: So it finally works, and there's another newspaper. You know, Stoop Kid to leave, Stoop! And it's just because <laughs> it really is. It's like the mythology of this place is changing before their very eyes. And all the people are here for him. They yeah. think he can. Like yeah. they're they're all happy and excited. And it's never really addressed like why their feelings about it have changed, but I like to think it's like, well, yeah, dude, we only hated you because you were a, you were a terrifying stoop gargoyle, just like trying to yeah. harass us as we left. Like, yeah. if you want to come be a human, we're happy to have you.
1: This must have been like the slowest news day ever. Like, <laughs>
0: not a lot going on. <laughs> two yeah. days,
1: two days worth of, of 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 material is just about a kid who lives a homeless person. And here's the thing, like adults must realize that this is a fucking homeless kid like, right? like why the fuck aren't they intervening why the fuck are they well, not doing something
0: okay so like part of me really believes that you can't help someone who doesn't want or won't accept your help like you can't force that on them and I don't mean just in terms of like effort and reception of effort I mean morally like a person has to be ready to accept help Kind of thing, which I mean, that's that's not an absolute rule, and of course, there's some like some leeway in there. And it occurs to me that, like, maybe people have been trying to help stoop kid, and he was like, No, fuck you, I got my stoop, I'm good, son. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Why would I need to go anywhere that's not my stoop? That's preposterous. Yeah. What could your fancy school have that my stoop doesn't have, sir? How many steps does the school have? None, I don't think so, <laughs> but also. He's a child, so yes, the authorities definitely should have abducted him from his stoop and put him into foster care. Yeah. Which, I I mean, arguably, uh, mm, I, 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 I regret immediately saying that anyone should be put into foster care because that's uh, a different nightmare. But you see, you see what I'm saying. He should be taken into the care of the authorities, definitely.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I have issues with the foster care system.
0: Well, I think I, we all do. We, yeah, we've all seen lifetime. So, movies. so,
1: so part of me, part of me is like, I think he might be better off. Like, he's well fed. Like, he's generally happy. Like, he's yeah. not educated, but he, uh, for the most part, is okay with what his living situation. I don't know if yeah. necessarily putting him. At, he's a homeowner. I mean, like, uh, if I can talk about another movie because this is what we fucking do in this podcast. Like, uh, when I saw Shazam. I was really, really worried uh, when Billy Bastian got uh, put into a foster home, a group home, because I've seen yeah. every other thing. Like, this. that was the first positive portrayal of a foster home I have mm-hmm. ever seen on any TV show, ever.
0: Right. Uh, there's, uh, Thony. there's a podcast I really think you'd like called Friendly Fire, uh-huh. where um, three buddies who are very smart, way smarter than me, they watch a war movie. And they talk about it, like, in cultural and historical contexts. And, like, I don't care about war movies, but they do a lot of really interesting ones. Well, and, like, they did Master and Commander. And they did Aliens. Uh And a lot of stuff that, you know, falls outside the traditional war movie genre. But the point is, they they did Terminator 2. And they talked about how John Connor gets put into a foster home. And two of the hosts, who are also the hosts of The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast I love quite a lot. um, Two of the hosts are much younger than the third host, they're maybe in their 30s, I think, and the other host is I think in his mid-50s, and they talked about how John Connor gets put in this foster home, and how to the younger hosts, they thought that the foster family were some assholes, that the father was cold and distant, that they didn't really seem to want him there, you know, they didn't, they didn't really care about him, they didn't make sure he was home by a certain time they didn't uh it, you know they they didn't seem really interested in any active parenting uh-huh. and that to them was a was a negative portrayal of the foster system that oh, you get put with these people who only want you for the government check and they don't really care about what happens to you uh-huh. whereas the old the older host John Roderick said that he had completely the opposite experience that John foster John uh, Connors gets put into this home where he has food and a roof, and no one is beating or otherwise abusing him. And, in that way, positive portrayal of the foster system.
1: Yeah, that's... that. That just... That makes me feel uncomfortable. If that's our... Yeah. If
0: that is our like, this
1: is... This is what an okay portrayal of the foster system is. There is something seriously fucked up with our foster system.
0: Yeah, and that was the point, honestly, was that from these two perspectives, like, those overlapping formed a hologram of a system that is deeply broken and problematic. But, um, so, Stoop Kid, he does it, he thinks he can, he leaves his stoop, he sees that the world is beautiful, but also says, I think I'm actually gonna hang out here. Now, Harold, Harold Berman, uh, who in the beginning of the episode, had harassed Arnold about his kicking ability and how unreliable it was, shows up with a suitcase in his hand, uh, covered in stickers from everywhere. So he, so he has missed all of this. He has not been apprised of these developments. And he walks up to Stoop Kid... Who he believes to be a dog on a chain, and says, hey, stupid kid, what's up? And throws some garbage on there, like a popsicle stick, and then he realizes that that dog is not wearing a chain anymore. Yeah.
1: I, like, I, I know we're gonna talk about him in later episodes, but I love Harold as a character. For real, Harold he's just, gets
0: some serious character development. Like, he, he,
1: but like, even beyond that, like, like, uh, I, I, I know, like, I really shouldn't be talking about later episodes, but, but, in almost everything, the standard bully is portrayed that way because of a broken home. I think this right. is like a, uh, later on in the series, in real life. no, he has loving, loving, yep. loving, doting parents. Like, yep. like, like, it, for everything that, that is him, uh, he should be a, a nice, functioning, Model if slightly citizen. Jewish boy. Uh, right. Instead, like, like, you have his, his outward portrayal, which is completely different than, than, uh, everything else. But, uh, I think this is the first time you hear him yell, uh, ah mommy, uh, when he's, when he's being chased down.
0: Which is a drop that they got so much (laughs) mileage out of.
1: There's, there's so many Harold drops. Uh, him saying easy peasy lemon squeezy when he's, when he's kind of upset and in a, a not very good place to help calm himself down.
0: Yeah, it's really good. So Stoop Kid chases Harold off into the sunset um, because the scales eventually balance on a long enough timeline. It was pretty good. Um, I just love, I, because they didn't have to do that. Like, they yes. could have just ended on this sweet note of like, cause you can help a person grow, but you can't change them, right? Yeah. So, like, Stoop, Stoop Kid is like, I, I definitely can leave my stoop. I'm not gonna. I love my stoop. But, like, uh, yeah, okay. I'll go, I'll go. And this
1: is the thing, like, like, the, they subvert expectations. Stoop Kid is a changed person. He's left the stoop. He's, he's, put behind everything in the past that made him who he was then. He is a new person. So your expectations are his his entire reasoning for doing this to Arnold at the very end and why he still wants to stay on his stoop is like, "No, I think it's awesome. Now I get to harass people on my stoop as well as yep. off my stoop." He doesn't change yep. as a person. He's still a bully. He's still this mean and angry person. But and I think this is going back to that protection. He is a homeless person. He is a vulnerable person. Yeah. He, once again, the, the walls have come up, his shields are back up. He he has that layer of protection now. Uh,
0: yeah. Instead of, instead of having walls surrounding him on the outside, he now has walls coming out from the inside. Like Arnold with his hat. He found that his strength yeah. is within himself and not, it doesn't come from his stoop. And right. like, he's a terrible person. And, like, we can talk about how that's absolutely informed by the fact that he is a homeless, vulnerable youth. That's that's why he is the way he is. But also, like, he's like, thanks, Arnold. You're a cool guy. I'm gonna go fuck these people up for being too close to my stoop. And just, yep. like, it's, I don't know. So I, Arnold always finds a way. Everybody, no matter how hostile or deranged they are, everybody is cool with Arnold. Yep. He's a real Ferris Bueller without the without the sociopathy. So uh, that's that's the conclusion of, of Stoop Kid, which was the real first like heavy. Well, I don't know. Lockjaw was a pretty heavy episode too, but this is heavy in a different way. But I really feel um, like we're
1: uh, we're also at the point where every episode is going to be slightly heavy. What's
0: episode four about? I don't know. Look it up.
1: Hair uh, hey, and old episode four. Ah, Helga's makeover. <laughs> I don't think which, I remember this one. This is the one where uh, Rhonda throws a party for the girls right. and does not... Uh, oh, wait, okay. Well, these are all out of order. Apparently, The Haunted Train was supposed to be the second episode.
0: Of the um, whole series?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that what that is fuck? definitely a that is definitely a first season episode. Uh, we're going so so. Here's the thing: if you guys are not watching it uh, through Hulu, uh, things may be a little different.
0: Yeah, we're uh, watching through Hulu, like, production order and episode release order is always dicey uh, yeah. with anything ever, but so, especially with anime and uh, shit.
1: Episode 1, Season 1, Episode 4 is Helga's Makeover.
0: Helga's Makeover, right.
1: Which uh, Rhonda throws a party, Helga's not invited, Helga changes herself. And the old building, uh, which is the first appearance of uh, our favorite crooner, Dino Spumoni. <laughs> Oh, Dino's uh,
0: bemoaning. and again is an oh. episode
1: about preservation. Uh, but that's all for next episode of of this. So I think
0: that's the first one. I think the one with the party. That's that's what first establishes Ronda's character as the rich bitch. Yeah, it? yeah. Because she's she's kind of just been another girl up to this point. I, I, Which, I by don't even the way, know if she
1: has actually been a character up until this has. point. She has.
0: She's just she's had a couple of lines, but nothing n- nothing that cements her as a character. I also want to say I'm noticing watching as an adult, um, in addition to a really like a fairly good racial mix it's it's not as good as it could be obviously but you know uh we've got gerald harold is jewish um i believe a couple of the girls are are darker skinned phoebe of course is i don't think it's ever defined exactly what ethnicity phoebe is phoebe, no phoebe is certain. phoebe
1: is half japanese and half uh american western okay uh there you go you see like her That's dad is right. japanese her her mom is a fucking
0: southern bell redhead well which is it is it japanese or chinese I'm japanese chinese. it's japanese i it's japanese okay so we've got a nice a nice blend there uh for a show that is ostensibly about a boy there is a really healthy gender balance in this show
1: yeah i mean the first episode shows shows the i like they're not all main characters but they are all definitely recurring players uh right there is one girl for every guy in this series as the the, yeah. the beginning episode shows uh it's with awesome. everybody walking through but also that like there are the the show does a really good job of portraying uh, different socio like not even race different socioeconomic classes like yeah. like like people from all walks of life. You have Arnold with with no parents. You have Ger- no parents living in a boarding home. So yeah. so just an eclectic Found family. Yeah yeah. Uh, you have Gerald with a standard nuclear family. You have you know Rhonda with the absentee rich parents. You have uh you know
0: yeah, yeah I think Gerald's got a fairly good nuclear family he yeah. doesn't he have an older and a younger sibling yeah,
1: older younger sis- sibling like two parents yes, yeah. like
0: and like and like the the found family aspect of living in the boarding house, like uh Mr. and Mrs. Kokoshka, Mr. Wynn later yeah. yeah um oh God, I love Mr. Wynn, and all the people who live there is is a really great example of how family is kind of where you find it. And not not even to mention the uh, the gentleman who they believe to be a spy whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, who gets his own Mr. (laughs) Smith? Thank you. Yeah, who gets his own his own episode about about found family? Yeah, it's uh, a really pretty impressive for twenty years ago that they were just like, nah, dude. Like, do you know how many dames there are in the world? Like do you know? Do you get how weird this would look if they're if we had like ninety percent boys? What's wrong with you? Yeah, no.
1: And and I really like I don't want to spoil things, but but even like Mr. Simmons, who who there is an episode that talks about his sexuality, like like
0: really, I don't remember yeah, that the
1: Thanksgiving episode. Uh, which maybe one I didn't see it, or maybe it went over time. my head. It is like season three or something. Uh, okay, it, it seems to be like it was one of those later seasons. It was definitely one that I never caught first run. Uh, right. Arnold wants to have a normal Thanksgiving, and like I said, uh, so for those of you who this is your first time watching a hey Arnold, uh, a lot of this is is going to make sense as you go through more. But yeah, you know, we we've touched upon uh, Grandma Gertie's. Like kind of separation from reality. You find out that Arnold never gets to celebrate holidays the way they're supposed to. On right. Thanksgiving, he has Fourth of July. On Christmas is when they do like like Kinder Clausen, yeah. Or, or like 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 on Christmas is when they dress up as as Halloween characters and go trick or treating. Uh, Arnold Ridiculous. is just pissed off at his family and wants to just have a normal Thanksgiving. Helga, who lives with an abusive family, is sick of her family. They go and they meet with. I, w-
0: I would say more neglectful than abusive. Although I mean, I mean, neglect is, is absolutely is an a- articulation of abuse. abuse. Yeah, but like, I mean, Big Bob doesn't like smack her around. Yeah, right?
1: but like, so for me as a as a mandated reporter. All abuse is abuse, no matter if it's physical or verbal yeah. or,
0: or whatever. No, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to make that distinction uh, that we weren't they, talking about like, oh man, I love this show. Helga gets punched by her parents. Like, so that's they, not... they go and see Mr.
1: Simmons. Uh, Mr. Simmons has has them like have a recreation of what he feels like is a perfect family Thanksgiving. And they go and his family life isn't important, but the big thing is he has his special friend. Uh, ah. Uh, they never okay. overtly say Mr. Simmons is gay, but his name is Mr. Simmons. Like, based off of Gene, not Gene Simmons, Richard Simmons, two nope, Gene different Simmons. Simmons people. Yeah, nope, it's
0: Gene Simmons. Uh, I refuse to believe that Gene Simmons, like Polly Shore, falls anywhere on a spectrum of sexuality that we would understand.
1: Uh, so yeah, they like like you have a gay teacher like like they they do a very good job of of showing every single person. Uh, in all walks of life, like like yeah. homeless people and all that stuff.
0: And Mister Mister Win, I remember, uh, gets a backstory about the Vietnam War. And oh shit, about yeah, I, how I, I, I mean that was I thought that was a movie almost, or what? It might have been a special it was, episode. It, like it, it might have been the whole special. half hour. Was it, was it Christmas the Christmas special?
1: Yeah, it was the Christmas special. It's just like that. I'm really excited for us to just delve into these. Because you know if it's a half-hour episode, it's going to oh, be some a juicy shit's going of an down. Episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. We'll we'll bust into that. Uh, we have gone very long. So you can find us on the internet. Um, I'll get us a Twitter handle as soon as I can, as that seems to be my lot in life. You can listen to our other programs, like Dyson Virtue and The Final Podblum. Please, at us. Tell us your theories about stoop kid. Tell us your tell us your Arnold's hat. What what token, what totem is it that you can that helps you ground yourself as as you walk through the world?
1: If if you have a secret uh uh shrine uh, dedicated to the person you're stalking, uh don't tell yeah. us about that. Uh, go no. see a psychiatrist, go see a therapist. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some underlying issues. Don't, yeah, don't go don't implicate us
0: in that. Don't involve us. Yeah, you can, it's, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not shaming you. We're not, uh, saying that you're not a good person. We're saying that you have some things that you're venting in some unhealthy ways and that you yeah. should probably get some help calibrating that.
1: Uh, some final thoughts on the episode. How the fuck did Helga... Get the toenails.
0: <laughs> I think that's a question better left unanswered, honestly. Because the only the only realistic answer is going through the boarding house trash, which means there's no way that's just Arnold's toenails. Uh, yeah. oh God, Are you Mr. glad Kaka- we went there? Mr.
1: Kakash's toenails.
0: Oh, God! Mr. Kakash's toenails!
1: They're irradiated. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Join our our discord channel talk to us we like to we like to interact with our fans uh, you we never really get do. this we from other it. podcasts so so relish it enjoy it while it is there
0: relish it but don't ask for relish on your burger because it's going to be a whole thing yeah all right we love you all our buddies bye bye
1: She's the